and a world of downloadable and streaming singles. this pop-up notes i have notes asking asking me to do an episode on a pop song is like asking you what your favorite snare part is on an album like i mean it's um ghosts ghost snares or do you like I, just a sna- straight crack I, I spent hours this week listening i'm hmm, yes mm-hmm, let's take a note there let's <laughs> write that down like yeah it's um this because there's so much stuff that goes into a pop song yeah, right, well, let's like get into well, at that point. Let's get it started then. Like, let's yeah. let's talk this through, man. So, so for me, like I wrote to you the other day and said, okay, I need some parameters because I mean, in any, in any song, you've got production, you've got musicianship, mm. you've mm-hmm. got dynamics, mm-hmm. you've got sound quality, rhythm, uh, lyrics. Oh, not in every song. Uh, writing, mm. um, harmonies, uh, originality. We've talked a lot this year about authenticity. Um, you have tone. All of those things are important for me uh, in a, in any song, right? And I think it kind of becomes you got this, and now everything else gets added on top of that. And I think that's where you know a band like the Arcade Fire have shown they've got their songs where they've got all of those things happening. Um, but for me, uh, and this has always been my go-to. I remember years ago having this conversation with my friend. Uh, at a bar once where he just said, "Where, where's the song, though? So for me, I have to have the one thing I didn't mention there that we need. Uh, I need to have the melody. I need to have a melody that grabs me. And I think this is where you and I sometimes you'll say a song to me and I'll go and listen to it and I'll go, yeah, I don't I don't hear a melody there. I don't I don't. Where is that melody? And for me, that's what drives a pop song, whether that melody comes in an instrumental hook um, you know, one of my favorites, if I think about that off the top of my head, might be like Lazarus by uh, the Blue by the Boo Radleys has this amazing horn part that just is is an awesome hook for the song. So it's got to have that hook melody for me, um, and that that to me is the cornerstone of a good pop song. Okay, everything else is great. Everything else adds to it, but if you've got one melody. That, that hits you and grabs you and you can hum it two minutes after you've heard the song, that's awesome. If you can hum it 10 years after the song, that's absolutely unbelievable. And if you've got multiple really cool melodies in one song, okay, now now you're talking Oscar-caliber pop song, by, by my estimation. When you've got multiple of those melodies coming and coming into it. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say, oh. yeah. That is... All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks a lot, everyone. It's a <laughs> four minutes and 30 seconds. There we go. Perfect. See you next week. Perfect for a pop uh, yeah. episode on a pop song. All right. <laughs> no, a little uh, long, my... actually, for an episode on a pop song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is, this is actually verging on a prog song now. Um, no, when I asked you, basically, what do you... What do you 
what's a perfect pop song with the whole, you know, it it was almost tongue in cheek to say what's a what's perfect, right? right. Everyone's going to have it's all relative. Everyone's going to have a different sure, of course it view is. of what makes like or a different uh, version of what makes a perfect pop song. You know, and then yeah. when I was talking to my wife about it, she's like, "Well, what do you mean when you say pop? Are you talking right. pop culture? Are you taking are you talking popular or in in my case, I was just like and in the the song that kind of got me thinking of this, you know, when it came out in the 80s, it was would have been considered a hard rock song, but now I would just call it a pop song. Just how it's morphed and how music has changed in 40 years. Uh yeah, it's and what to song me, is that? To me, oh, well, to me, the, the whole thing that got me started on this one day was I heard on, I was radio flipping, and Take It On The Run by REO Speedwagon came on the radio, man. Heard it from a friend who, heard it from a friend who, heard it from another you've been messing around. They say you got a boyfriend, you're out late every week. But there you go, right? Like that that heart, that melody I remember from all these years back, right? Yeah, and well, to me, it's just that opening. Like they're, it's one of those songs that's right into the right into the song right away. You just hear the the guitar strum and the and the first line comes out. That's your hook right there, and it, that's that's what I think of all the time when I when I think of that song. I'm like, God, just the at the time the audacity to say no, no intro, right into it. 
and then and I think that's the what the '60s in. did really well, right? The '60s were really good at getting to the hook right away in a song, right? So when you uh, when you listening to, I mean, we were just talking about the Rolling Stones before we started. If you listen to Rolling Stones songs like Satisfaction, you get to that riff right away, right? The the mm. hook comes immediately. Uh, and that might go back to like thinking about the '90s, like a song like when Song Two or Common People hit, and people were like, "That song's so catchy." It is funny to go back and think how many, how long the intros were to songs in the 1990s. Oh man! Uh, right, so you had to listen for almost a minute before you get to the hook in, say, the Breeders' um, Cannonball. Uh, that hook's there, but you've got to listen for a minute. Song two, you're there right away. Common people, you're there right away. Um, there she goes by the laws, you're there right away. Uh, right? So I think your point there about Aria Speedwagon is the same. There is no long introduction to the payoff. Mm-hmm. Here's your hook. Here's the lyric. Here you go. Yeah. Right? They just Hang hand on. it to you. Come, come yeah. along for the ride. And, you know, you you talk about what you think is what makes a perfect pop song and yeah we've discussed this before you, melody like we <laughs> we had a conversation one time where i'm like oh have you ever listened to trick of the tail by genesis and you're t- and you're texting me later and i'm like hey that third song finally had a melody <laughs> and i'm like what are you talking about like this this squawk come on you know it, to me that's i can put that aside and I'm like there's just musicianship and package and power and sound and the musicians working together to create this piece of art whether it be a quote-unquote pop song and some people when you say pop song they have in their minds like britney spears or right whatever sadly 40 today you know what i mean just just Mm -hmm. almost bubblegum yeah bubblegum pop and you know but to me it, it was it's just a yeah, that's a pop song, as in popular, but also there's a feel to it. It's a little lighter. It's it's not it's not heavy metal. It's not even hard rock. And getting back to my pick of "Take It on the Run," it's just and to what you're saying, you know, bands in the '60s did it well, and even in the '90s, they got to that to that main hook. A lot of those bands weren't even thinking about how do you make a how do you make a pop song. The Stones had no idea how to write songs when they were told that you should write your own songs. They just sat down and like, okay, well, here's how Chuck. But Berry they were did copying. It. But yeah, exactly. They were copying those songs. And again, we talked about this when we uh, when we did our episode on Chuck Berry a few months ago and how his songs immediately get to that riff right away, yep. right? Oh, yeah. And again, this is the reason why ACDC has been so popular over the years is as much as people want to say, well, they're a, they're a rock act or they're a, a metal act, they're as much a pop act as anyone else. They get you to that riff, that payoff right away, that hook right away. <laughs> uh, and I think that was what you know made them different than a lot of other hard rock bands, right? Yeah. and But I think also audiences matured you know most of the audience matured over the year that you're looking for something different mm-hmm. this is why bands like the who got famous as they evolved and got better at their craft and inco- like pete townsend incorporated more sounds different kinds of arrangements they weren't in sure. the mid-70s they were not making the same music they were at the late 60s they weren't making right. two right right they were trying something else and you know that's why prog took off 
in the seventies that it's, you know, there's, there can still be melodies here, but the arrangements can be a little more complex. The musicianship can be a little more complex though, as Bill Bruford would say, not as much as people would think. Uh, And I think that's, but I think that's something too that, that adds to the pop element. I mean, you talk there about, about Aria Speedwagon. I mean, other than that one part, like kind of like after the bridge, I think it is where he goes up an octave. Um, Everything else is pretty singable. Yeah. You know, like everything else, uh, you and I could sit in the middle of a bar and sing that song and belt it out or belt it out of karaoke. Uh, and this is another thing I love is it's got to have, and this is where you and I maybe are going to disagree, it's got to have an easy beat to me. And for me, like I'm not going to listen to uh, a lot of prog rock and go, yeah, that's a good pop song because it doesn't have this to me. Uh, and what I notice is every song I was listening to going, oh, yeah, this is a great pop song. It also just had a really easy to to dance to, groove to, clap along to, air drum to, drum beat. And again, I think that accessibility makes it a pop song too because that might be where where your wife's comment about popular culture can anyone listen to this not anyone mm. can go and listen to you know uh to to i don't know miles davis and and kind of get it i, I don't uh, but yeah. if you're listening to um uh, you know teenage fan club uh, it's it's easy you know it's it's there's there's nothing there that's meant mind-blowing uh, musicianship-wise, and that beat is steady and simple, and most of us can kind of sing along with the lyrics. And again, I think a perfect example of this is the Beatles, who, who took that and made it their call. And then, like you said, we're able to add little things to that that we didn't even notice, like their use of like A chords and things like that. We didn't notice as music fans, mm. um, but they were really good and making sure we were all singing Ticket to Ride or, you know, singing Paperback Writer because of the chord structure of the song, right, or the melody of the song. Um, so that's what made them great. And again, I think, you know, you just mentioned The Who. Like, I Can't Explain is an awesome pop song. Mm-hmm. A fantastic pop song. But um, so's so Won't Get Fooled Again. To me, that's a, that's a pop song as in popular hmm. song. You know, that's... That yeah, I'm not going to say... I would... Yeah, whereas I would never say I wouldn't call that's it, a pop song to me. I wouldn't call it metal or maybe... No, I would, call it, I would call it a good hard rock song. Hard I don't rock. think I would ever call it a pop song, though. But the same band, when you have a band that's yeah, transitioned sure. from those early uh, or mid-60s kind of lighter guitar, light on the production to where they get to by the time they're doing Won't Get Fooled Again, where bigger production, mm-hmm. bigger sound, and it's still these four guys... Like they've transitioned from that, but they're, they're still. So, what are they at that point? At one point, they were. But I also, almost a but I don't think they band. have to be labeled. But I don't think they have to be labeled. I mean, if I listen to Who's Next, there are pop songs on that album. Right. Going mobile. Going mobile to me is a pop song. Hmm. You yeah. know, like so. I don't think you have to be cornered by. I think you can be a, a band that makes a pile of different music. Like I, I remember the first time you and I uh, got into the Decemberists, and we were both. Listening to um, uh, the one of their earlier records and and the song "The Island" is a prog rock song. Like yeah. when you listen to that song, that song is such a prog rock song. And we're coming and yet, at it from two totally different 
yeah. places too, right? And you're yeah. like, oh man, that's, that's a really good song. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great prog song. And you're like, yeah, it's good. It's a good pop song. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's it. They were they were a band where, and then there's other songs like um, you know, 15 Military Wives that is such an uber pop song. Mm. And then they also have songs that are folky. I mean, I, so I think they've been able to kind of say we're we're not going to peg ourselves in by that label. As Your to audience this is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And your audience you know? has to be able to come along for that ride. Oh, 100%. Too, right? 100%. So, you know, is Ario Speedwagon audience ready for that kind of... Were they ready for that kind of ride? No, they weren't. They they wanted what they wanted because right. they continually just kind of put out that same style, easy catching. But another thing I want to bring up, too, when they wrote that, there was no... You know, people thought they they knew how to write a song. There was really no rule book. Like these days, right. you get, you've got you've got data driven, like actual algorithms mm. on, how, you know, the the streaming services all use oh, yeah. these algorithms. Like, whoa, whoa, you have psychologists, the... you have psychologists working for record companies now, talking yeah. about like how, how many you... seconds until you get the hook in before yeah. that's the optimal time to have the hook, right? And like these guys sitting in L.A. and you know at Sound City recording this album they're like uh well let's just try this and see what happens and at the end of the day they really ha- they still had to like it and mm-hmm. you know and then put it out there and it's in the it's in the public zeitgeist and they pick up on it and then it just takes off so there is what we always say there's some authenticity there because really they weren't reading a rule book on how to write a song this is just how they wrote it you know neither yeah, were the beatles, think- neither were the beatles neither were the who neither were the stones mm-hmm. like it's just there and it it comes across to me yeah it's a little lighter than the who uh but it's still got some power to it and i think that's a key too that i was going to talk about there has to also be a lightness to it you know and i think that's where a band like the smiths were yeah i think that's where the smiths were able to kind of juxtapose those things because they were able to come at it and write a well-crafted pop song with really depressing overtones uh and i think the cure kind of did a similar thing but i think for the most part you also, it's either got to uh, go up octave-wise into that chorus or it's got to have some lighter instrumentation. So if I'm comparing something like Ario Speedwagon's Take It On The Run, I'm going to say absolutely a pop song. But let's compare that to, I don't know, uh, you know, a Black Sabbath song or something. I'm probably not going to say a pop song because, mm-hmm. again, I think there's that, that lighter tone to it. And I, you know, I get, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I get you. I you get know what you. I mean? And I think that's also where the difference would be for me in something like going mobile versus uh, won't get fooled again, where there's yeah, a lot hard, there's a hard edge to it. And that's a call out to the who, right? But not being afraid to like, well, we just had this heavy anthem yeah. of won't get fooled again. Now they're here. This this light kind of boppy one of going mobile. Oh, like, and again, I think that a lot of that goes back to the Beatles, right? What the Beatles were able to yeah, do. It's okay to do that. And yeah. by the by, the time the Who were doing that, they could do whatever the hell they wanted to do. Sure, and they, and they knew they'd get away with it and didn't care. So I'm, I'm so for me, I think um, uh, as I was sort of listening to things, as I said, I mentioned a couple of songs there already that really. Um, uh, I think the Brits have done pop songs really well. I mean, I I think you're hard pressed to find a better pop song than um, than the Laws. There she goes, mm. or. Uh, Camera obscura is let's get out of this out of this country. There's so many nice little jangly parts and different uh, different things that I remember from that song. That makes it poppy for me. 
But honestly, for me, there's one song that stands alone and above everything else. And I mentioned this to you during the week. And watch this, because when I drop this name right now, every person listening, if they know the song, they are going to sing the chorus to the song. Oh, absolutely. And it is, it is Windy by The Association. Here's my thing about that song, Dave. If you listen to that, ask yourself what's which part's the chorus. And this was always a conversation like my old band and I used to have where we would say, they'd say, I want to write a song where it's just all choruses. And then it wasn't until years later I went, Windy is all choruses. Like this is every single part of that song is catchy, memorable and hooky even the and the melody lines the melody lines are like everything about it is just it's just a pile of hooky things slammed together into a song uh the production's a masterpiece um you know what i, I think they're an unheralded band when it comes to pop music and you know i'm sure there are some you know rock people out there who go heaven forbid you talk about them when you could have talked about the beatles or anyone else but um, that song to me is just a masterpiece in kind of 
bubblegummy folkish pop. Like there's some, you know, some mamas and the papas floating around there in the well, background this is, lyrics. This is the thing. And, like, yeah. why, why not throw a little uh, a little shine on something like the Association? Yeah, they were they were all around doing the same thing as the Beatles and you know, feeding off of that, obviously. But why not just bring that to light as a a great? You know, I would throw the Hollies in there as well. Oh, as great, great pop yeah, yeah, of great pop fantastic band. pop songs. You know, bus, oh yeah, bus stop, pay you back with interest and yeah just i oh, could yeah. i could have pulled a ton of songs out i just yeah. stuck with the well, one hollies are a great example yeah, yeah for sure and uh yeah that's the windy is and uh, yeah as soon as you mentioned that yeah you're thinking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you just want to you just want to <laughs> hum along kind of bop your head a little bit and and again think of the tone right there's yeah. like immediately like this grin like ah it's like there's a <laughs> it's just there's something light too about pop that i that i always liked about it and again i i you know hats off to those bands who were able to kind of take that sound and then implement and again i think bell and sebastian's are masters at this let's take this really poppy song and let's put really dark lyrics over it especially in their early albums you're like okay Good for you, because that's a weird dichotomy in my head. But I think it works. I love when bands do it, because uh, as you know, I also like my little darkness, Dave, in my music. But uh... well, that's but that's why the Smiths were so good at it. Oh, agree. Here's a jangly little pop song, but God, don't listen to the lyrics too closely, because <laughs> you're right. just gonna want to go cry in your bedroom the rest of the night. That's right. Uh, exactly right. You know, and a lot of the Brit pop did that too. Uh, oh, I agreed. I mean, Common People by Pulp is a, yeah. a great example, right? I mean, the the lyric and tone, I mean, that's all about like the British class system, and yet the music is fantastically poppy, right? Blur, same thing. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Bands just have a way of figuring out, like, well, here in the end, at the end of the day, this is just a good song. Yeah, and they exactly. throw it out there, and it may not match something that has become come before or may come after. You know, look at Radiohead. Look where they ended up. They just, mm-hmm. you know, bands like that to me are just on a totally different planet. Right. Like, I don't even know right. where their heads at when they're writing, and but they can still come out with a a fantastic light melody that makes you tap your toes and mm-hmm. hum along sometimes. So. That's yeah, right. so you're windy by the association. I was Ario Speedwagons. Take it on the run. At the end of the day, last question: Are we overthinking this? Of course we are, but that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, absolutely, we're overthinking yeah. it. This is uh, not that's the, what I love about it. Yeah, this is not the be all end all of like yes, Tom and Dave have decided that this. <laughs> These are the quintess. Yeah, we have no scientific data behind no. this. We need to. My God, you know, I'm sure there's some university somewhere who has done something on this. But yeah, uh, that this is the perfect. Like, they know. Yeah. Like, how did they forget about this? I've actually written dissertations on why this That's song right. is the is the is the most perfect song. So yeah, like you even mentioned, uh, totally forgot. Paperback writer, probably my favorite Beatles song, just because of that. Well, guitar definitely one of mine. And uh, great melody. You know, brought up the Hollies. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, all you over look at anything by the monkey. Look at anything by the monkeys, right? Like Daydream Believer is a could have been up there in my conversation too. That song is Circle so Sky. Man. Yeah, Last Train to Clarksville. Oh, oh yeah, like right. 
fantastic pop songs, right? And that are still uh, anything by the Kings. I mean, the Kings are masters at, at writing well-crafted pop songs, jangly, good pop songs. And right? changed throughout their career too. Yeah, and absolutely. So at the end of the day, yes, uh, these are, in our opinion, great pop songs with great melodies and our favorite word authentic just because that the period that it, there's just no like it just there's no, it, they, huh? no there's no handbook there's no handbook yeah exactly and they just created this and some of these songs now are just timeless yeah how about we do a little uh do, do you have a do you have a favorite canadian song that you want to throw into this we've talked a lot about british culture is there a br- great canadian pop song I'm gonna throw now out. Now you're throwing I, me. Now throw you're catching out. me off guard. I know. I'm just gonna throw it any anything by By Divine Right. I always think By Divine Right are great at writing a really good pop song. Um, you know, Five Bucks to me is a, a super catchy pop song. Uh, yeah, they were great at it. They were really awesome at being able to tap into. This is a good jangly star. I think Hannah George just does a really good job too. Those two are two I'm gonna throw out there. It's great Canadian popsters. The Killjoys. Today I hate everyone. Today I hate everyone. That's, oh, that's a, a great. That's a song. great that's song. A, that's and... a killer pop song. Yeah, yeah. Their drummer's sensational, right? Uh, you know, a band I know you hate, but I think are super poppy, and I love them. Pluto, Pluto have that great Ugh. poppy, poppy yeah. sound. And love those guys. Yeah, I didn't really like Pluto that much. Grapes of Wrath. Oh, have some good ones. Yeah, very great, nice pop songs. Great and a little more. Are a little all over the place, whereas yep. like, you know they could be more folky, but then a little more rocky. Uh, oh, um, I mean, Hoxley Workman's got some really nice pop songs too, right? Uh, Jealous of your cigarette. Uh, even Tegan and Sarah, some of Tegan and Sarah's early stuff uh, has a really nice pop sensibility. Oh, well, they, yeah. So I'll get, I'll throw out uh, a lot of Blue Rodeo songs. Have some great hooks to them, and yeah, Tegan and Sarah. Uh, something like, uh, you know, Walking with a Ghost or uh, Speak Slow. Great, yeah. great pop tunes. And they know they are now, as far as I'm concerned, masters at writing a good pop song. Uh, right. Like even right up to their last album. Like they're they're really, they know how to kind of heavy it up, but also make it a little more radio friendly for the mm-hmm. the uh, the average listener, I guess. <laughs> I guess you could right. say. That's awesome. Too, so, yeah, you can go down a rabbit hole. You can. So many bands that are just really good at this, and that's why they're still around. And it makes you wonder bands that are releasing what they think are poppy tunes today, will we be listening to those in 20 years? Good point. 20, 30, so for those 40 who, years. So, for those listening, um, you want to get in on this conversation, uh, send us a message on social media and let us know um, on our Twitter or Instagram uh, what your favorite pop song is. Or even if you have issues with how we've kind of labeled it or things we might have forgot about with Don't this. Don't do that. Uh, We're going to get inundated with no, angry that's okay. music fans. It's way more important stuff happening in the world than uh, getting mad at some two podcasters talking about pop songs. So, <laughs> so uh, yes. Yeah, so let us know what your favorite pop song is. Uh, and uh, yeah, so shout out to us on our on our socials and let us know what your favorite pop song is. And uh, yeah, we'll talk next Tuesday when we have our newest episode coming out. 
with uh, one of the best voices in Canada. Oh, is that fair to say? Wow, yeah, jeez, I didn't know you felt that way. I think she's got a phenomenal voice. I think oh, uh, she does totally. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I think she's got one of the best voices in Canada going to be joining us on Tuesday. So make sure you tune in to hear uh, what the pride of Winnipeg, Manitoba picks for her favorite record. Boom. Take it on the run, baby. baby. If that's the way you want it, baby.